0: getting a little bit ugly out there give them all a cookie and make them settle down
1: happy family day or president's day it's president's day i realized when i was i said i was confident that i had an opener that i didn't actually know the holiday the
0: statutory holiday that everyone has happy canadian and american holidays which are on the same day but actually different holidays happy holiday meant to
1: uh, align our economies and populations and prevent seasonal affective disorder that comes from having to go back to real life after uh, the holiday season in December. And happy approaching trade deadline. Happy. No, nothing's happy these days. Now Brad's had a rough week. Yeah. <laughs> Brad. Brad's had all of his wisdom teeth removed, and he got the flu in each of the holes where his teeth were. One of them got a dry socket. Yeah, and then and it's... The dry socket got the flu, I think it was, and then in in, in a roundabout way, yes. And then he's been uh, teaching Mika. Uh, he's been potty potty training Mika, Mika. <laughs> when I walked in the door, I was grabbing her, just running around in a diaper. In not her, in a, She was in her underwear. In, in her underwear. This is why. This was how she found her newfound realization, which is uh, she, and not wearing diapers anymore. Grabbed her butt and apparently looked at Brad and went, "I have squishy butt." Yeah. And has been running around and telling
0: everyone about her squishy butt. Yeah. Well, because she's never, probably never really felt her diaper before because she wasn't one of those kids who would shove her hand down the back of her diaper, thankfully. So I was thinking about it. When has she ever actually grabbed her butt? She might not have ever done this in her life before we started potty training her. And then she realized, wow, this is squishy. And it's been the funniest thing I've seen in the last uh, two weeks. Let me tell you,
1: fatherhood is much easier when it's my friends doing it. And, <laughs> and I just come around... To see her do funny stuff, and then I leave. <laughs> and you know, surprisingly, you guys haven't even asked me to babysit yet, and so I haven't had to do any of the hard stuff. This is fantastic. We
0: got very close to asking you tonight because all our normal babysitters for a hockey game tonight were no goes. Oh, I would have done it. Yeah, we. One of them came through, so oh. you were you, you. got saved. Oh uh, man. Oh man. Potty training is. Um, it's the most boring yet difficult thing ever, because in reality, you don't have to do anything other than put her on the every 30 minutes but the thing is your whole day is consumed because you have to put her on it every 30 minutes and find a way to keep her occupied on there for 15 to 20 minutes at a time what a life it's like i said you're essentially doing nothing but you can't do anything for those of you
1: who ever sometimes need a reminder to call your parents reminder that your parents did this for you yeah and probably taught you how to use a spoon and do other stuff as well. Yeah. Call your parents. <laughs> Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm tired. And uh, our usual tired actually isn't here today. <laughs> it, was a, it was a holiday and he's got things to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, on today's po- uh, surprisingly, a lot has happened. So uh, we're going to lay out a little bit of a schedule f- moving forward. Uh, this Thursday is going to be our um, midweek episode, our trade deadline primer episode. So we are hopefully going to have enough trade deadline rumor chats, substance to talk about. Uh, we're going to have Max Boltman uh, of the Athletic Detroit on. Um, we're obviously max is a friend of the podcast um we're excited to have him on again and we figured the trade deadline primer is the best time um so that'll be our midweek episode and then you're actually not going to hear from us on sunday Uh, again again uh this week was because of the holiday next week is because we want to make sure we have an episode out for you right after the trade deadline happens so um our sunday episode will be happening on a monday night so seven days from when we're recording today
0: i literally scheduled myself to leave work
1: three hours early that day so i'll
0: be home by like four
1: yeah so we're going to uh that'll be our our trade deadline breakdown decompression explosion depending on what happens we've had a few episodes now like uh, the one after Mirazik wasn't protected and some other stuff where it was just like perfectly timed so if you're a red wings fan hope that's not what happens but if you're just a fan of quality entertainment, maybe hope for
0: some fireworks because
1: we're we're geared up to embrace them.
0: I've had my angry episode for the month, Ryan. I don't feel like doing another one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be drinking tea with honey and just preserving
1: my voice all weekend, just in case. Um, and then your Wednesday that week will be our midweek episode. Oh, but the 24th, sorry. The Sunday, we're still going to be doing something, is going to be our live stream. So the Sunday is going to be our live stream. The Monday night, is the live stream is Patreon exclusive. The Monday night is going to be our regular episode. It's going to be the post-trade deadline episode. And then the Wednesday is going to be February's uh, Patreon exclusive episode. Last one was a blast. I'm excited to do it again. We should probably remind Evan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on this week's uh or this uh episode of the Red podcast we're going to be talking about Detroit more of the whole Chelaski Heronic stuff i guess not, not
0: much different so we're not, not going to dive too far into it yeah not too much of it i don't i'm sick of it trade talk a little bit that's there uh, actually an update on the red wings so that's something uh we're going to talk about a bunch of jerks Don
1: Cherry has uh, officially designated a bunch of jerks. And it's not us. And it's not us. Or him. And it's not Ron, because Ron's a friend of the podcast. (laughs) And uh, we're just going to be talking about the league in general. Some other stuff has happened. And then uh, we're going to hear Brad probably try to rush out the door, as uh, I'm going to keep him here as long as I can. The Red Wings.
0: Well, you know what? The Red Wings actually had a really entertaining home-and-home against uh, the Flyers. My God, that game on Saturday, I'm really upset that I missed most of it because of reasons so involving me not being able to be in a certain room of my house. Anyways, Saturday, the, the Flyers, for the first half of
1: the game, uh, looked like the same team that was essentially the hottest, one of the hottest teams in the NHL. They controlled every facet of the play. If Detroit got the puck for even half a second, it was to clear it out of their own zone just to give the puck back to the Flyers. Flyers very quickly went up 5-1 not very like it all it happened in in spurts and it all happened very fast. Um they this was I was tweeting out things like this is such a typical like
0: blah 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 Detroit loss. Like I, it was a foregone conclusion that Detroit was going to lose. I was keeping up with um I saw probably 20 minutes of that game and then I was keeping up with the rest of it on Twitter. I'm not going to lie. After watching after the whole Chalosty thing and sending him to Grand Rapids and Detroit in a rebuilding season, sending out six veteran defensemen, kind of happy to see them give up a five-spot before the before the end of the second period. So I was that, was that was a little satisfying, can't lie. So they uh,
1: before the game or like basically just before the game Heronica called up but not in time to actually use yeah, so he a healthy scratch. Um, so yeah, they went 5-1 or they went down 5-1 to the Flyers and then the Flyers gave up a 5-1 lead culminating with seven I was watching it and the uh, bunch of jerks in me was like watch Detroit tie this up with 110 seconds left just to steal a point and then lose promptly in overtime like that would kind of suck but at the same time I was like I would love for Detroit to come back and spoil a 5-1 lead that's hilarious especially considering the game was getting chippy Partly because Mantha gave Drew a pretty dirty cheap shot to the back of
0: the head, yeah, as he was on his knees against the boards. Very, uh, very dirty shot, but uh, not a cross check. For those who were saying it was a cross check, that was all glove. I don't know what people were looking at. No, you have enough to complain about with the shot itself. There's no need. Oh to yeah, yeah. There's no need different. to make it any worse than it was. Yeah, like it, it,
1: was, it was, it was, it was bad. Yeah. Um, when Simmons went after Mantha within the first minute of the next game, I was like, yeah, I, you know, I wish Mantha didn't have to fight, but you can't Mm you got to answer the bell after that one.
0: Although, this is the Anthony Mantha that I am here for. The new Johan Franzen. Oh, absolutely. The big, highly skilled instigator with accuracy issues. (laughs) He is literally Johan Franzen. And do not underestimate the fact that when Johann Franzen first got to Detroit, before Hasek came back, Franzen wore number 39. And then switched to 93 when Hasek came around. So... I'm not, to be fair, have we ever seen them in the same room at the same time?
1: Oh, I have. They were at a signing together.
0: Okay. I haven't actually. Or was it, or were they twins and they were just moving back and forth really fast? Really
1: so. fast. Just like vibrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, obviously, Detroit tied it up uh, on a beautiful tip from Mantha. Yeah. A lot of that was, you well, know. Well, two beautiful tips for Mantha. Yes. The, the second tip, a lot of it was just like you try to redirect it in the general direction of the net. Like, for sure, he wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to tip this top
0: corner. Hell no. He knew exactly what he was doing there that's a set play no it's a set play to tip yeah yeah the it's, net. it's it's very very hard oh. to hit the part of the net that he was hitting it's a it's a low percentage play but that is a hundred percent what he was trying to do well uh, yeah the tip
1: was very much intentional and it was fantastic and then endured Philly won in overtime off of, on a wraparound um, which I wish Bernie would have been able to stop but I digress. That's Um, one of those games you're pro tank, but you're like, damn it, finish it off. Just win it. Right? (laughs) At that point, if you're going to come back from a 5 1 deficit, win the damn game. I don't care if you lose for Hughes or or win for whoever. Lose the next four games. Win that one. Yeah. Um, Well, and then it all balanced out because I think Detroit actually had a better effort on Sunday against Philly. Oh, definitely. And Philly came away with a regulation win. Yeah. So uh, since our last podcast, we were actually recording as the Ottawa game was happening, but Detroit came out ahead in a huge, um, yeah, tanking game that was had a lot of. was essentially a four-point swing. Um, so Detroit came out ahead in that one, but then only secured one of the next four points against Philly. So um, all in all, they're still near the bottom of the standings, counting games in hand. They would still, they could drop as low as thirtieth right now. is still in the basement. Uh, you know what I was thinking about today? When is the league just going to switch the three-point
0: system? I've been on that bandwagon for years and years. I've given up. I've given up on it. It's never going to happen. Because it it makes too much sense.
1: It just makes too much sense. Also, Detroit would be in last right now. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Anyhow, uh, Detroit moving forward actually has uh, Chicago on Wednesday. So that's the only game between now and the next time we'll talk. So... uh, Always a fun game against Chicago. More tank implications. Uh, but in Detroit news, it Chris Johnston uh, came out and said that Detroit has officially asked uh, Nyquist <laughs> for a list of teams that he would be comfortable being traded to.
0: And um, there was another piece of news that came out that Detroit had not had any serious contract talks with Howard, Jensen, or Nyquist yet, despite Ken Holland's um, stated interest in possibly bringing some, if not all, of them back. To which my immediate thought when that Nyquist news broke and the contract news broke is we're a week out of the trade deadline. This is stuff that you should have done a month ago at a minimum.
1: Wha- I don't care that he hasn't talked contract because I think this lends well into our best case scenario yes. from before, which is that he's saying that not to the Red Wings fans or the Red Wings. He's saying to the other teams to say, I'll sign these guys if you don't pay up.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping. I really, really am hoping that's what it is. If not, if we come and go through the trade deadline without oh, these guys traded and without contract extensions, that's awful. Oh, yeah, that will be bad. That's real bad. You, that's one, the one scenario you can't have.
1: Um, the, the, the funny thing about Nyquist is asking him for illicit teams is actually not formal procedure because Nyquist has a full no trade clause. Yes. So what they're doing is they're being an honorable team, First of all, they're they're trying to give respect to player, but also they're trying to get ahead of the curve because it's they're not they're asking for permission before forgiveness or instead yeah. of forgiveness. Most teams set up a trade and then ask the player. Like, like they did with Green last year and we know how that went. Yeah. And so they Detroit recognizes that Nyquist holds all the chips, holds all the cards, um, and is instead saying, Hey, we all know the reality of the situation. We've known for a while it might come to this. We're not Taking a contract off the board, but just in case the right deal comes up, who are teams that you'd be interested in? This list can be thirty teams long. This list can be twenty-five teams long. This list can be four teams long. This list can be zero teams long. There's no it, Nyquist could even say he could leave them on red and not text him back. You know, the, there's no official standard here because he officially has a full no trade clause. He could put. The Nashville Predators on this list and say, I am only willing to be traded to the Predators. And Now, if you're Ken Holland, you don't tell Nashville that. <laughs> no. And as long as Nyquist hasn't signed anything in writing, I'm pretty sure, I'm not going to dive too deep into the legalese. Uh, but if he just says verbally, like, yeah, Nashville's the only place, and then Holland sets up a deal with Nashville, Nyquist could still say, mm, no. Never mind. He has a full no trade. Yep. It's, it's completely up to him. Granted... It's unlikely that that'll happen. Mm -hmm. Nyquist, in interviews and reports leading up to the season and during the season, seems to be aware of the
0: situation. And he hasn't said anything that would sway your opinion really hard one way or the other as to what he would like to do. No. He's not... Howard, for
1: example, is pretty firmly in like, he gets it and he gets the business, but he would really prefer
0: to not be traded. I think Nyquist gets it. Yeah, at least with Jensen and Howard, there's no trade protections there, Mm -hmm. so... If they go, they go. The I keep seeing
1: Howard lumped in with Nyquist in terms of asking price because right now it's Holland will... Holland has said he's definitely going to pull the trigger if someone offers a first. Like, that's the price. And if it's not a first, then he'll have to consider it and negotiate because he really thinks that's the price. I think that's the right take with Nyquist. I can't... I don't understand trying to get a first for Howard when
0: there's on the market. It's, it's funny, out of the uh, air quotations, big three trade pieces the Red Wings have being Nyquist, Howard and Jensen. If Howard's the only one not traded, to me that's probably the best scenario anyway. I, I think he probably gets the lowest trade return of the three and he's probably the one guy I would advocate the most for bringing back.
1: I I agree on half of that. I think he would garner the lowest, I think he has the lowest value on the trade market and that's not a knock on him, that's just there's what, no teams looking for a goalie right now. No, um, But
0: I'm scared about that extension. I really am scared about that extension. I, I don't, don't think it would be anything more than what he's making now, and it wouldn't I be more don't than think that's I think. Too th- much. I think three years would be the max, dude. Five point three million for an all-star caliber goalie. That's not too much. That is the the starting rate for like a good start. The going rate for a good starting goalie these days now in the NHL is seven plus. But how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You run the risk of him aging, but at the same time you're Probably getting him for two million under going rate, so that's the balance there, right? Yeah, yeah you it,
1: know, it's not like I, I still, if it's me, I still wouldn't do it at the same price, but also it wouldn't be a hill to die on.
0: No, just like right now, I'm not like I, I, I was, I wrote an article for the Wings Nation uh over the last week. Go read it about um, I was just kind of doing a, a, a thought experiment on Ken Holland saying I want to compete for a playoff spot next year, so I kind of actually started breaking down okay, what would he have to do and what would that roster have to look like um to be able to pull that off uh, without giving too much away? oh my god it, he's got his work cut out for him and we'll have to pull off a minor miracle out of those three players that are trades Nyquist was the only one I didn't have coming back surprisingly and the one thing that was a pleasant surprise is through just very basic maneuvering Detroit has an un holy amount of cap space this summer so if they want to slightly overpay Howard fine it doesn't affect anything in my hypothetical how to make Detroit good next year they had enough cap space to sign two of the three most valuable free agents this summer which again for those who didn't read all the way through the article and roasted me for it uh, if you read right to the bottom I said yeah this ain't happening the odds of that happening are like slim to none but that you want to try to make the plastics this here, this is what you'd have to do because these are their biggest weaknesses. I always skip to the bottom of your uh, what if articles just to make sure you've kept your head. Yeah. You always do, unfortunately. Yeah. It's it, proofreading helps. Uh which Did, you didn't send it to me to proofread? No, I sent it to Nick to proofread. <laughs> I'm hurt. <laughs> Um, and also i was very sick when it got posted i was not i did not care too much (laughs) we're gonna post the link to that uh to that article in the
1: description for this episode um so go give that a read it will be timeless until something
0: major happens oh and for those wondering because i did forget to include it in the bottom of my article in my hypothetical what i would pay the free agents it was 11 mil and nine and a half without giving the names away Hmm, interesting that's a lot for Andre jesse
1: but I don't even think he's a free agent. I just have to think of someone no. moving forward uh, with the Nyquist. I, I think we've kind of hashed out everything to, with Nyquist and Howard before. We'll dive mm-hmm. deeper into that with the primer when we hear from Max. Um, going to the Grand Rapids Griffins. Actually, I want to talk about their jerseys later, but first, Philip Zedina is doing something special down there.
0: He's on a heater.
1: He is on. Oh God, that the one of the goal or the goal he set up. Where he He fell, he fell, and from his knees still made like finished off what was a magical play. Yeah, the it was it was it uh, Zadina Ferk Megan line.
0: Yeah, Zadina to Ferk to Megan. Ugh, (laughs) one of the arguments I was seeing about Zadina not performing well, and it was even one of the arguments I made myself while he was struggling earlier in the year was the type of player Zadina is is his game gets elevated exponentially the better. Players He plays with. So even though because I I kind of thought he's the type of player, even though the NHL is a harder league, he'd perform better in the NHL because he plays so well off better players. So putting him up against uh, Shea Weber versus uh, AHL defenseman, but giving him a Dylan Larkin instead of a Wade Megan would actually be a net gain for him. Martin Furt goes down to Grand Rapids, and Zadina's put up, what, four or five points in the two games he's played with them, kind of justifying her theory a little bit there. Mm-hmm. He's now playing with actual NHL-level players and is killing it. Small sample size, I know. But overall, in his last eight games, he's got nine, ten points, something like that. He's got a goal in four straight games. If you wanted uh, credence to the theory that... Zadina just
1: wasn't one of those guys who's going to come to the NHL like right away, right away, but still is going to live up to his hype or like he hasn't lost anything off the top in terms of potential. This recent streak is one hell of a sample to look at and be optimistic about. Um, He's really and it's not just the shooting, but the shooting's been there and it's not just the playmaking, but the playmaking has been there. It's his confidence. It's it's adjusting his game. It's
0: just doing well with good players around him he's uh i've noticed more suit selfies in his instagram stories he's Ser- very happy seriously the you confidence know is at an all-time high
1: speaking of looking good the grand rapids griffins had another uh special jersey this week they constantly knock it out of the park with their uh special jerseys like either one game or, or two game jerseys it was a callback to the uh miracle on ice usa jerseys um all blue with the red GRG across the front. Oh my god! I wish they sold them. I wish they. I get why they auctioned them, and I'm sad that I can't afford to buy them. But I would kill for Zadina. Just get like a Dylan Macrath It probably won't be that much. Oh, they love him down there. He just beats the hell out of people. His would probably auction. If Zadina's goes for a thousand, I think the McRath would go for like eight hundred. Jesus. Yeah, actually, we could probably look it up. But
0: man, that sounds like work.
1: <laughs> um, Valeno and
0: McIsaac—they're still doing well. Yep. Not going to dive into too much details, but Joe Valeno still maintains the highest points per game in the entire QMJHL, and Jared McIsaac holds the highest points per game amongst defensemen in the QMJHL. And keep in mind, there are players in the QMJHL a year and two years older than them. Hmm. Just, that's all, that's the entire point I'm making there. We're very invested in the QMJHL, and I don't mind it. Um, odds are, though, we're not picking a player from the QMJHL with our first pick this year, so, no. So know. Philip Zadina. Thanks Halifax Really When you think about that The Halifax Mooseheads In one draft Gave us Philip Zinette And Jared McIsaac
1: Did they actually? Yeah
0: They were both Mooseheads Last year
1: Oh yeah yeah Sorry sorry No like uh But are they Are they the same
0: Huh I always, I never Z- connect them because they separated, right? Technically, Zadina's a year older
1: because he was a late birthday, right? And that's what's confusing me. But, um, but both from Halifax, they we both put on the Moosehead. Before. Before. Why yeah. am I forgetting this? I don't. know. Uh, I'm just zoning out. I'm, ta- I'm I'm thinking about the next topic, which is Don Cherry. <laughs> now, this show does have a connection to Coach's Corner in that um, we had Ron McLean on earlier, uh, or just last year, well, in November, I think it was, um, which was. To date, the coolest thing that any of us have ever done. Uh, Ron's fantastic. We can't wait to have him on again. Um, but Don Cherry, the other half of Coach's Corner, uh, has teed off on the Carolina Hurricanes. We all knew it was coming. Post-game celebrations. The, the storm, storm surge. surge. And uh, it got... it. There's one thing about old man yells at cloud, and then there's another thing about old man... Uh, Yells at clouds and kind of implies that clouds are behaving like what he imagines women behaving like, and sort of working in some like homophobic uh, ideals and thoughts. There, what did he call them, sissies, or or was is that some, something stupid? He called it disrespectful to the game, and he was all upset because apparently uh, Brenda Moore is supposed to be a straight shooter, and he doesn't understand why it's happening. And he
0: said, "Can you imagine Justin Williams being a part of this, even though it was Justin Williams' idea?" Yeah. Yeah. So so Don's not to be taken seriously for anything that
1: matters in terms of um fun in hockey. He's entertainment value. He's entertainment and you know what? They know what they're doing by putting him up there. He's he's getting the attention. He stays relevant by doing these things. So it's not so much senile. It's not even I don't buy the whole senile old man bit. He knows what he's doing by saying this crap. And he he I'm sure he believes it. But he yells it like this
0: intentionally. Um, and like the Carolina it. Hurricanes just owned it. And him. It's nice because his point is it's disrespectful for the game. And can you imagine doing this? Well, if it's that disrespectful and every every other team feels it's that disrespectful, don't you think they're going to walk into Carolina with just a little bit more motivation to, to win the game to make sure Carolina doesn't do that after the game? So if it was really that big of a detriment to the Hurricanes it's actually going to play against them Mm. even though Carolina is one of the hottest teams in the league right now and actually overtook Pittsburgh for a playoff spot at one point this weekend Um, yeah if you don't want it to happen don't lose yeah it's like it's like when teams get uh, upset over players excessive celebration after a goal the best way to stop him from doing that is to not let him score yeah so the best way to stop the storm surge is don't let the Hurricanes win
1: yeah the fans love it, and this is a hockey market that has won a cup and still struggled to you know keep an engaged fan base to keep to fill the stadium to basically do everything that you would want a small hockey market to do to be able to thrive and succeed. The fans love this; they go nuts for it. Who are you to tell them no yeah. why because they don't conform to your traditional ideals of what hockey should be. who cares? Who cares? Who cares, man? That's not what it's about. They're having fun. The fans are having fun. The players are having fun. That's it. Everyone likes it. It's hysterical. It's a it's a blast. What? Just because it looks different? What? Oh, he's mad because they're not going to the room and saying, yeah, you know, uh, the boys, uh, we put out a good effort. Uh, we put out a full sixty minutes, and you uh, always love uh, Jones again, the puck deep, and uh, we were able to grind out and win the battles, and. Um, you know, I coach must be happy. We have worked on this a long time, and it's uh you know, uh, eighty-two games, and uh, uh, we're just looking at the next one now. So uh, yeah, that's better. Is that better? Every <laughs>
0: single game. Is that what you want to? Hit? Look, who cares? Let them have their fun. I'm here for the chaos, and I cannot wait for the Hurricanes to do this in the playoffs. Oh, he was mortified about the idea of the Hurricanes doing this playoffs. I, I can't wait. I want, I want to see the Hurricanes beat someone in Game 7 overtime, or Game 6, whatever game ends up being at home I want them to recreate the Bautista bat flip like they did this past week and I want them to throw that stick into the stratosphere. I want, I want them to win the Stanley Cup
1: and start doing these celebrations with the Stanley Cup just so we can see the simultaneous combustion of every single crazy old person who thinks
0: that this is not okay. That would be funny. My favorite thing that came from this is um, Patrick Burke, um, Brian Burke's son. Brian Burke, one of the other old men in hockey who is against fun and games, um, said that... Which is crazy because he dresses up like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep. So he Patrick Burke, his son, uh, is running the Boston Marathon or or something similar. I I missed the exact event. But said if he gets $1,000 raised to donate to this charity event that he's running he will present his dad brian burke with one of the hurricane's bunch of jerks t-shirts that they've been selling (laughs) patrick burke hit his goal of a thousand dollars in eight minutes yeah someone just straight up donated a thousand dollars i believe yep someone donated there was a bunch of donations before that so they technically were well over a thousand dollars in eight minutes but yep Yep. I I don't have any affiliation to the Hurricanes at all. And I want one of those bunch of jerks t shirts. Yeah, those bunch of jerks. And they had that they
1: had that created and in their team store like the next day. It wasn't
0: even sixteen hours, I don't oh, think.
1: That was fun. I actually kinda want to get what if we were like we should pivot to being a Carolina Hurricanes podcast for a day just so we can get one of those away. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, that would they good on them for embracing it. Because it's easy to just fire back and say, like, hey, old man, like, we don't care what you think. But this is really just the bet. Like, just ride it. Ride it,
0: the wave. Didn't they even change their Twitter description to, like, those jerks with the celebrations?
1: Yeah, something <laughs> like that. And you know the moment they go through a little bit of a slump and everyone or, like, anyone who's on the wrong side of this argument is going to be like, oh, well, they their heads weren't in the right place. They were distracted. Maybe they should practice more instead of doing the storm surge. Like, get on the bike. and
0: Forget it. They were well out of a playoff spot two weeks ago, and now, as of this recently as yesterday, we're in a playoff spot. So,
1: also, who's surprised? They hired, or they the guy that who bought the team seems kind of like eccentric, right? Yeah, he just kind of does wacky stuff. I'm sure he loves this. Yep, everyone, literally everyone loves this, but Don Cherry and Brian Burke yeah but he doesn't you you can't give two they just meld into one opinion really <laughs> What's the trail time between one of them saying something and the other one echoing it fair <laughs> uh moving forward uh the rest of the league has been kind of interesting
0: uh Edmonton continues to undo the moves of. Peter Shirelli. like and not even subtly just no. literally sending Brandon Manning to the miners basically stating that they gave away Drake Kajula for nothing. There's been rumors that Alex Petrovic is on the trade block and now out of nowhere yes he pulled on the IR which is weird but that's it's yeah that one that one was actually confused by. So my thing
1: is they fired Shirelli, which was the right move. Far, Far 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 too late but it you're, you're still welcome for that Edmonton yeah uh and so they're all undoing all the things that he's done but they're all undoing all the things that he's done with Bob Nicholson and uh what's the Gretzky Mark Gretzky Keith Keith Gretzky uh doing it these are two of the old boys they are the old boys club they are they are the, you know, some of the closest friends of the Cates family, the owners of the Oilers. And uh, this, is, this is the same old boys club running this team. Um, apparently, Charlie, has, in the latter months of his tenure as Oilers GM, had to run stuff through them before it got approved. Apparently. I don't know if I believe that, but let's just run with that for now. That means they would have had to have signed off on those deals. And now they're the ones undoing them? Eh, this
0: smells fishy to me. This, you know? I think something happened in Edmonton that I actually think happened in Detroit over the last few days. The fan base was so collectively united in the hatred of everything they did that the president and the ownership and whoever it is up top said, we have to directly undo what we did or indirectly undo what we did because... The Like the fan base is so angry So they're trying to trade Petrovic They traded Ryan Spooner and brought Sam Gagne back they um, Again sent Brandon Manning to the minors again I I Circling back to Detroit I think It's the whole reason Heronic's up right now because I don't understand how Detroit on Thursday and Friday Can be all about it's good for them to be down there and have The confidence up it's good it's good it's good it's good They need their confidence up they need their confidence up and then recall Philip Hironic the next day I think it was Because the fan base was so collectively angry To the point where they healthy scratched Jonathan Erickson, which we didn't even talk about, which was a monumental moment for Jeff Blasio. Oh, yeah, we
1: should double back to that.
0: We will. We'll get to that after the Oilers. But um, I think it was just one of those instances of, I'm never a fan of pandering to your fan base because fans are stupid. Like us, we're stupid. Mm -hmm. Don't ever listen to us if you're running a hockey team. But at the same time, if a hundred percent of your fan base is saying something stupid, okay, it's 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 bad. You need to fix it. So I think they're just undoing everything they did, and they're going to hit a big old reset on this season. Truthfully, it, I think Detroit actually passed them in the standings, if I'm not mistaken. It's yeah, gone. It, they're like one eight and two in their last eleven. Yeah, they dropped below. They still have games in hand,
1: uh, but they stayed. but they ain't going to win them right now. No. Um, and so it's it's been a special time there. I still just can't believe that they they're just they've given away so they've just given away players. Remember looking back at Edmonton and thinking they have so much talent, just too much in one spot and not enough in others, but how are they going to turn that extra talent, real talent into defense or goaltending? Well, they
0: they didn't. They just kind of gave it away and more and then they don't have much of either. My favorite thing is there was a point where Jordan Eberly and Sam Gagne were both on the Edmonton Oilers at the same time, okay? And the Jordan Eberly trade tree has now resulted in it being Jordan Eberly straight up for Sam Gagne. Which that, that, that's that's <laughs> impressive. That is oh boy. By the way, Jordan Eberly low key low key free agent target for Detroit this summer, I think.
1: I wouldn't mind that. I I like Jordan Eberle even if he's is he still having
0: a down year I actually haven't looked at his he's stats. Uh, I think got thirteen and thirteen or something like that I, the guy's got a lot of talent yeah um, depending on the contract give him five mil six mil a year sure I'm on board
1: I don't know if I give him that
0: for a consistent twenty goal score I give him that yeah um Jonathan Eriksson uh, I I read the I was okay so
1: I I was out with tw- uh, friends in Toronto and so it, I didn't want to be on my phone all day. And so I read the tweet, and it was like, this is just too good to be true. Uh, So I just saw it, quickly fired something off, and just put it away. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. The team, the organization, in recalling Heronic, said, yeah, someone's going to have to sit. We recognize that Erickson had a pretty bad game on Saturday. And so
0: he was a healthy scratch on Sunday. I dump on Jeff Blashill so much that when he does something positive, I have to compliment him. And I... Love the fact that he just came out and matter-of-factly stated when asked, well, our group had a rough day yesterday and under the six of them, he was the worst. Just straight up. That's the best. Love it. I love the honesty there, Blash. I mean, you're about three and a half years too late, but hey, about time you came around on this. I mean, now if you could scratch daily and bring Chalosky back, that'd be super happy, but you know, baby steps. I, okay, Realistically,
1: this isn't something to be applauded for. It should happen often, and there's other players, you know in the Ford group where it should happen with as mm-hmm. well. But I'm not going to sit here and chide and criticize the guy for doing the right thing, even if it's just for the first time. This is a cor- this is a milestone. This is an absolute landmark moment for the Detroit Red Wings, where they healthy scratched a veteran player who is playing awful in favor of a rookie. And his name was Jonathan Erickson. I was actually, you know, I was aghast. And I'm so happy they followed
0: through with it. Good on them. And Detroit went from a... They lost both games, but their performance as a team dramatically improved day-to-day there. And usually you don't play better in the second half of a back-to-back. Not that that is the direct reason, but, um, you know, positive sign. Positive sign. Um, Yeah, that...
1: It inspires confidence that it might happen with the applicator Because you know what, I, I think there's some credence mm-hmm. to what you said With They called Heronica up because they realized that this wasn't making sense And people were starting to notice And their leash in terms of what they can do And people just say trust the process Has gotten short and shorter and shorter And I think the Ericsson thing was might have been tied to that Who knows, that might leak into applicator
0: one day Maybe. But me and you both know when Zadina gets called up, it's Rasmussen going to the press box. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) So I tweet, they were talking about uh, if Rasmussen
1: uh, was to have a long uh, run with the Grand Rapids Griffins to help him with a playoff run, he would have to have been sent down, not to Grand Rapids, but to the juniors to Tri City as of today. Hasn't happened, obviously.
0: Oh, yeah. I was wondering how the official worked on that. I, I'm pretty sure that's the deadline.
1: I'm almost positive it hasn't happened and won't happen now. Um, he would have to go down to juniors first before being able to play with Grand Rapids later on. I'm not sure if their season would have to finish or what it is. I
0: always thought it was once Tri-City was done, he could go.
1: I think something like that. Um and that way, he can spend a long, like, have a long playoff run with Grand Rapids. That's all nice. More reps for a young player is fantastic. Rasmussen's been an NHL all year. Um, in my mind, to take a guy who really, at worst, he just wasn't utilizing his abilities to send him down to the minors would just kind of be a big knock to the conference. And we've talked in the past about. Didn't we just have this conversation about Dennis Jelofsky last episode? <laughs> <laughs> We've talked in the past about what Rasmussen needs and the in kind of injuries he's had. And The kind of injuries he's had have been leaking into the time in the summer where he's supposed to be resting, recovering, building strength in pivotal, formative years coming into being a professional hockey player. Uh, guys go through a lot of changes with their bodies. <laughs> Uh, around this age, when they become NHLers, and okay, that's what
0: conversation are we having?
1: Yeah, that one. Uh, they need to fill out their frames. They need to build the kind of muscle. They need to kind of. They need to condition, get up to speed because the NHL is a completely different game. And he hasn't really had the opportunity to do that for what is it? Two summers now. He's had bad injuries related to his wrist and or something limiting him. Let him play out the season with Detroit as an NHLer. Give him a full off to recover get him in the gym, stuff him full of carbs and protein, get him lifting weights, get him working on his foot speed, get him working on using his body to protect the puck. That, I think that's the kind of thing that Michael Rasmussen needs. And I'm happy to see that the organization's not interested in playing this this game with him. I'm going to eat these words almost for sure. Um, by sending him down and, and you know putting him in, in a Griffin's jersey. Of course, we're all Griffin's fans too. We would like to see them have they're, they're having a fantastic season. But first I, in their division. I, I really think there's a time to recognize and I'm this isn't to imply that the Red Wings don't know I'm, I'm positive that they know this too and it's been evidenced by the fact that he's still in Detroit um, but I, I'm really 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 keen on him having a, a good solid summer with the weights this year yeah uh, the rest of the league uh,
0: Barkov Alexander Barkov scored a probably the goal of the year the between the legs goal to me is nothing Special anymore It's happened so often Like nine year old kids Can do it Pretty effectively now Mm -hmm. I as a Crappy beer leaguer Can do it Pretty effectively To do it at top speed With a defenseman Draped all over you And the goalie You're scoring on Is Carey Price Is insane That's absolutely meant To have the presence Of mind To even try it He's coming in With Victor Mete Draped All over him Coming in on Carey Price And he's like You know what I think I can pull this off. That that's mental. That's like as a guy who deeks on ninety-eight percent of the breakaways I take, that for me is a shot the second I get to the hash marks nine out of ten times with the defenseman that all over me. It That's just ridiculous yeah,
1: coordination. That was the best display of that goal I've ever seen, and I've seen American Malik shootout yeah.
0: shot um yeah that there was that one israeli guy though who flicked it in the air and then whacked and he wins that yeah i remember that one Yep, yep yep you
1: make a good point um all right we're actually probably going to dive into overtime a little bit earlier this week brad does have to run out the door and uh we want to save uh some trade rumor talk for our our primer episode that's happening thursday Uh, night our next two episodes are going to be biggins um Hoffman apparently is a rumor, but we'll dive into that once we have some more substance to it because that's pretty much all that See, has it. come about.
0: San Jose could use a guy like him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, we're gonna head into Patreon where um, our patrons get their comments read out on air. Guaranteed is our way of saying, uh, thank you for supporting the show. Um, they truly are the ones that allow us to, to do these kinds of things, do this show twice a week. Um, more into that later Uh, I'm going to We have. oh man we have a ton I'm glad we started overtime early we have a ton of Patreon comments this week we're going to start with Caelan Wood he says hey nerds I got my new Lil Toosie Burt sweater uh, a couple of days before his first game back and I've tossed it on for the game since Uh, guess I have some good juju not for the team's performance of course there's not enough juju on the planet for that but I guess just enough for a good good toothless boy uh, crazy what a difference he makes on the ice and what you miss when he's out of the lineup. Yeah, I agree. He Tyler Bertuzzi makes a huge, huge I, difference.
0: I didn't even realize he's scoring at nearly a fifty-point pace this year. I mean, due to time missed, he won't hit it, but no, he's been like kind of crazy effective. It's surprising. Uh, anyways, I got a
1: new gaming rig, uh, 2080 Ti, i9, et cetera, et cetera. And all I want to do is play Apex and Anthem. I uh, have not touched... Well, I don't have Anthem, but I, I'm curious to know how it is. Uh, I think I have a problem. Have you guys ever had an unhealthy addiction to something other than hockey? Oh, man. Uh, my game, like my game that I played with my friends when we were in high school and had too much time was Black Ops. I loved the first Black Ops. Modern Warfare 2 first, but Black Ops really did it for me. Um, uh jeez that's not hockey related i can't uh (laughs) no and then he says cheers bb's in the hang loose signal with my tongue hanging out the "Ah." (laughs) garrett tv says hey guys i had originally posted this on valentine's day episode but somehow it didn't go through sorry about that Uh, my post was originally asking what's the best valentine's day gift you've ever received mine i got on valentine's day after we recorded mel got me Uh, a box full of an assortment of every kind of flaming hot cheeto and or chip she could find that's if if that isn't true love you don't know how happy this makes me brad don't (laughs) give me that look um but since the time has passed i'll just tell you mine and you can feel free to chime in if you'd like after a few months of dating my girlfriend surprised me with a new authentic uh Michigan block M hockey Jersey. I was blown away. We were broke college students at the time, but she apparently knew someone that knew someone and made it happen. She also knew I saved up some extra money from side jobs during the school, uh, during school to afford hockey season tickets to Michigan every year. So it meant a lot. Almost 14 years later and we're still together. And while we don't do Valentine's Day gifts anymore, I always joke that she was once an elite gift giver and retired in her prime. Go blue and go wings. That's an incredible gift. That's funny. Uh, Jethro E says, hey guys, I went to the tank battle against the Sens and I have to say, while I was really hoping for us to gain in the tank, the Sens are are more committed to their tank. It's ridiculous how committed to the tank they are. Granted, we just got outplayed, outshot, and out-hustled almost the entire game, but James Tiberi- Tiberius Howard single-handedly made sure the Ottawa tank won the battle. Still p- pissed off, we sent down Cholosky. This team is pure ass, and we decided to send down the kid playing like the veteran defenseman around him instead of sitting the vets. I hate this team's management so much, so much of the time. Sending this kid down, especially on his freaking bobblehead night, was a symbolic slap in the face to Cholosky and us fans, and I hope Silver Spoon Chris gets rid of Kenny and Jeffy before they ruin Cholosky's relationship with the team any further in years ahead. Brad, did you write this comment? (laughs) (laughs) I honestly hope we trade uh, Howie and Goose. We don't deserve them right now, and frankly, they're hurting our tank efforts. To be as bad as Ottawa, we would have to be playing the Bernier-Satury combo with first-line winger Justin Applicator, who nobody cheered for on Thursday, by the way, dragging down the team like the anchor he is. I was so shocked uh, how poor our team depth was when I saw Athena CU playing with friends and Vanek, I think. I was wondering why the hell we had Athena CU playing on the fourth line. Yeah,
0: they had him playing with Glenn Denning and Helm for two games. Then
1: I saw we had him on our second line. But at least we have some Michigan versus Michigan State uh, in college uh, shoddy hoops this weekend. So there is some good sports to watch if you're a fan of sports in the state of Michigan. Thank goodness for our college teams. This is a long rant at this point, so I apologize. But the winter has been long and cold. And frankly, the, th- the wings just make things worse. Uh, on a happier note, you guys are literally the best thing about Red Wings hockey right now. Aside from Dill Daddy, Ethnic and Manth Tuzi, keep it up,
0: you glorious Canadian boys. Thank you for that, Jethro. That was beautiful. Nice. Uh, just because we haven't dumped an applicator this podcast, uh, Prashanth um, posted um, a stat, uh, Goals Above Replacement, in which Justin Ablu- Abdulkader ranked 367th of 377 qualified skaters. <laughs> He was literally, so according to that stat of every player who's played at least 300 minutes this year, he's the 10th worst player in the entire league. It's a, it's a, it's a random stat, and it's and you can't look at it in a vacuum, but still, it was, it was something.
1: <sighs> Deep breaths. Evan Beckner says, hey guys, so I bought a house. Hey, congrats, man. That's huge. Uh, it's incredibly relieving and stressful at the same time. Now I have to buy a new car for my significantly longer commute. Ryan, you will be happy to know the Mazda 3 is on my shortlist of potential vehicles. Oh, if you want to know more, uh, just send me a DM. Uh, I do like my car, but there's some things you should know, depending on what your needs are. Uh, did you guys read the article on The Athletic about Jason McCrimmon running an inner-city hockey clinic for kids? Great article, but at the very least, you need to scroll down and check the jerseys for the Motor City Hockey Club Straight Fire. Yeah, I did. Um, that was an incredible story. I've read it twice,
0: and I actually want to have that guy on the show. I have not had a chance to read it yet. I'll read it. I think I saw it, like in my feed but it was uh max wrote it oh okay, yeah it was excellent
1: um marissa says what do you guys think about uh think of the talk about Cronwell playing next season instead of retiring it's scary (laughs) (laughs) yeah the but you know what the only people who have been parroting it are like mickey and like we love mick obviously mick is like a staple of red wings fandom but i think he subscribes to an old school way of thinking about you know, managing hockey teams. And, and
0: I'm not sure that this is coming from the actual organization, but we've been hurt before. If it means that they'll move on from Dalian and Erickson in order to have Cronwall back, that's a trade-off I take, but I don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, Cronwall
1: got burned on one of the Philadelphia goals on a play that was moving very slowly and he couldn't keep up. Um, and I just want to clip that so I can show everyone and say, I love Nicholas Cronwall, I really do but he is not made for this league anymore. No. Uh, Mark Burnham says the NBC announcers were talking last night about Philly's GM considering not selling at the deadline. While well, that's great for the wings, it seems ridiculous to me. There's still six points and three teams out of a playoff spot even after their recent success. And even if they do manage to squeak in, they run straight into the Tampa Bay Buzzsaw. Chuck Fletcher channeling the Holland, just get in and anything can happen mentality that gave the wings so much success in the twenty teens. You've probably covered this already, but what do you but do you think Mantha should have been suspended? I only saw the replay, literally fell asleep after the second period of the game. Great Saturday afternoon nap, but it looked pretty suspendable to me. I figured at least a game or two, but maybe that's a bad take on my part. Seems like the kind of thing they'd want to punish
0: and keep out of the game. Um, game misconduct probably would have been the right call. So since it wasn't called, I I could have seen a one-game suspension. Uh, maybe a fine. I'm surprised you didn't get fined. I'm really
1: surprised it wasn't looked at. Yeah. I think that's the kind of thing that should be a one-game suspension. Um, and if you're you're not a fan of that, remember when Zetterberg got his head turnbuckled into the boards by Shea Weber? Find me a Red Wings fan who forgets that and forgives Shea Weber for that. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, there's some more malice in there. Still, it's the kind of thing you got to keep out of the game. I'm not happy that Mantha did it. Um, It's all said and done now, but it could have gone a lot worse. Uh, Warm Chord Music says, How fun is it to watch Burt and Larkin play together? Burt seems like he'd be such an effective playoff guy. He plays a style that really compliments Larkin, as he has the skill to uh, make and finish plays. Uh, enough speed to keep up in the right amount of physicality without being a liability outside of the Islanders game last year. Do you guys think he stays with Larkin and either Mantha or Zadina, eventually taking the, the other side? Who's the ideal guy to fit in that line
0: after Nyquist is gone? Um, Well, based on the roster, how it's constructed now, I don't see how Bertuzzi isn't a top six guy. You put him with whoever he's got chemistry with, so if he's got chemistry with Larkin, you keep him with Larkin and if they trade Nyquist, well, I don't think it would be too complicated to plug in, man. They're to see you there. So yeah, I think, I think that's the right call. It, it seems like those two do work really well together. So Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, I realize
1: that some of our UFAs are good players and even better people as well as, how, as well as some of the other players rumored in trade talks, but to publicly talk and write about how important these guys are, you have to ask yourself if we have so many valuable guys, why do the wings still suck? Yeah. Can we just put that on a banner somewhere? um how can this team improve and get younger if we keep re-signing some of these guys i totally understand re-signing howard there's not a better guy to be a stopgap goalie for this rebuild however it's time to move on from the past especially Vanek and cronwall Croner is one of my favorite wings from the playoff streak but come on his lack of mobility has been exposed on numerous occasions this season despite him staying healthy he's not playing as good as our commentators are gushing about when you have Erickson and Daly pretending to be NHL players, you kind of gloss over the fact that Croner doesn't really belong in the NHL anymore. He basically looks like an all-star when he's on the same squad as those clowns. If Cronwell says he can go next year, does Hollander or Eisenman
0: have the balls to tell him, thanks, but we're good? I doubt it. I very much doubt it. I think what Detroit suffers from is they don't get out of... The Detroit management doesn't seem to ever get out of their own little Detroit bubble. You can look at almost any individual player on the Red Wings and see the, their value... But then you look at other teams and their players relative to where we're playing our players and it's night and day. It's Detroit doesn't seem like they've adapted to how the NHL works nowadays. How a good NHL team is constructed. I, what a valuable NHL player is. I, I literally don't think they know how the league works anymore and they're just stuck in their own little world. Like where guys like Darren Helm carry a ton of value. Whereas back in years ago, they did. Players like Darren Helm carried a ton of weight because you needed that grit and that grind and that that's how you won cups. That's not how it works anymore. And I, I don't think they've realized that. Um, that was actually spot on. I completely agree.
1: Um, to summarize it in my head, it's not special to have players who are loyal to you. It's not special to have, feel like a family for your hockey team. There's literally 30 other teams doing it. Detroit needs to stop burying themselves by by
0: overvaluing these kinds of things. Steven Stamko signed for eight years in Tampa Bay at probably $2 million under his market value at the time per year. So, yeah, we're not, Detroit's not special.
1: Warm Chord Music uh, also says, is it fair to now say Jared McIsaac was a steal at 36? It's always early to say that a year out from the draft, but it sure as hell is looking like it. Um, if we had to re-rank the defensive prospects taken before him, where do you think he should be? Mm, higher.
0: But it's still, it's so hard to say. He's the, still only played in the Q since, right? It's true, but to be fair, out of every defenseman picked from, I'm going to say pick 20 on, the only guy who's been as impressive this year, relatively speaking, is maybe Keandre Miller. Nobody else has done anything near the level of what he's been doing. He made the world junior team over guys who were drafted ahead of him who were at the same camp he was. Are you talking about guys outside of the, like in juniors? In juniors, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, so there was a lot of defensemen picked between 20 and 36, and uh, yeah, him and Keandre Miller are probably looking like the best right now. Um, Glitch says, Hey, how's it? hanging, hey, fellas.
1: You might remember my sister Marissa. asking a few questions on my behalf. Oh, hey, you made it. Glitch, uh, welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast family, and thank you for being a patron. Um, you remember remember her asking you a few questions on my behalf for previous episodes. I was living on the poor side of broke for a minute there, but I'm happy to finally be a part of the Winged Wheel family. Also, I think you guys made up Evan. He's a myth, like Area 51, <laughs> UFOs in Australia. Hey, we have Australian <laughs> friends. Although,
0: no we've never oh no we have met them we have met one of them yeah three of them actually yeah tasmania's australia right yes yep um also i
1: think you're sorry uh sure there's a lo- supposedly a lot of evidence online with pictures of things like bigfoot and the loch ness monster but i don't buy any of it any of it ryan and brad you guys were just lonely one day and invented this other guy so feel free to end this straight at any time no because then you guys will have to face the fact that it might just be us <laughs> uh question one of infinity how much of the Lightning's current success can we attribute to Eiserman? As far as I can tell, he's built the team from the ground up as a GM, which makes me really excited for when he comes back to Detroit because, of course, there's a 200% chance of this. Don't try and muddle the issue with any stupid things like facts. Anyways, thanks for all the good work, boys.
0: So, okay, I'm never one to criticize Eiserman, and I'm not criticizing him. He deserves a majority of the credit for why Tampa is good as he is. But let's not forget that when he came into this job, which I believe was 2011 or 2012 – he already had his number one franchise center and his number one franchise defenseman in Steven Samkos and Victor Hedman. If he comes to Detroit, he does not have those things. So that being said, if Jack Hughes gets drafted first overall this year, and you know something happens, sure. But he did a very he he lucked into the two most important pieces of any successful franchise, and then just did a phenomenal job building around them. I'm gonna qualify
1: Brad's statement as a um, Eisenman truther. I admit it. Like I'm admitting my bias here, but if you want to be a successful hockey team, you need to do phenomenally in what you can do phenomenally in, and you also need to be lucky. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, I I attribute as much success as a general manager should have, having built the team Steve Eiserman did. It's, he's not the only reason. Breeze Breezeblaw was apparently a cap wizard. Uh, mm-hmm. The GM who's taken over, you get guys like Nikita Kucherov. Um, In the draft and and that pans out And like he's like a human cheat code
0: right now Um, The the thing I don't think Tampa And Stevie specifically gets enough credit for Is I'm going to give you three names Tyler Johnson Yanni Gourd Alex Boulet. Do you know what those three players have in common? Undersized Highly skilled Undrafted players From Junior He signed all of them Two of them are currently top six very key players on one of the best teams in the league. And the third one, who they signed this past summer, is one of the leading scorers in the AHL this year. Uh, Braden Point could, at on
1: at any given game where Nikita Kucherov's just having an off night, could be the best player on Tampa Bay, which yeah. makes him maybe one of the best players the And he was a third-round pick. Small, skilled player. Uh, yeah, so... Tampa's done a lot right, so you can try if, if anyone tries to detract anything away from Eiserman, that still leaves him with a lot of good eggs in his basket. Oh yeah. Uh, challenge round. Name three things you like about Ericsson's games. My favorite part about his perfect are his perfect tape to tape, tape to tape passes to people on the other team. Real thing I like about Ericsson's game is when he uses his body. Uh, I was a fan of the game where we at, where he punched Dion Phaneuf in the face repeatedly. Oh, that was fantastic. Um, also, when Ericsson just buckles down and does what he's good at, which is just... If you need to be a wall and stop the puck from going in the net and just firing it away. But he doesn't do that very well often. But sometimes he does have those fundamentals of just, like, blindly clear it when you need to. Johan Franzen's nickname for him is Fabio. And that's wonderful. Uh, also, he's apparently an incredible guy and beloved in the room, so... That's always a good thing. And he's Swedish, yes. which is always a plus. Swedish Mafia. Uh, Joe Caboose 119 Z Falzone says, Who else has a cap space to go after the big fish and free agency besides us? Many teams. We're not special. Uh, Florida already has some, and they might be offloading Hoffman so they can really make a run at Panarin and Bobrovsky. Ottawa does. Ottawa does, but they don't have the actual money.
0: Somehow San Jose does. Yeah.
1: You know, apparently Tampa Bay is one of the teams in on Panarin. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how? They have to pay Brayden Point money, don't they? Or does he take like... No, they're they're in on Panarin as a rental. I don't think he it's a long term option for them. I think Brayden Point's being paid in Cheez Its. <laughs> That's my theory. I think he just loves
1: Cheez Its. Oh, I really hope NHL has listened to this so he can hear that one day yep. and go, how did they find out? Uh Philip Gastineau says, Hey boys, imagine this. Steve Eiserman signs with us on July first to be our GM. He gives Blashell an extension. Thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a level. Please, no. The mental gymnastics, you're going to hear me go through for that one. I will tell you, will not be pretty. Uh, Advanced Water says, three years ago, today, I went to see my first Red Wings game when they played Pittsburgh. Wings lost. Howard, who's my favorite back then and still is, didn't get any ice time, and it was still one of my favorite memories. My dad, who doesn't care much for sports, took me six hours each way to see them play. What was your guys' first NHL game?
0: Okay, my first NHL game, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I was really young, um... I don't think it was actually a Red Wings game. Um, If you remember, it was a playoff. If I'm remembering correctly, someone correct me on the air. I want to say it was 1993. It was in Buffalo, in the playoffs, Montreal versus Buffalo. And I'm pretty sure that was a game Grant Fear fought Montreal's. I think the goalies got in a fight. I think there was a goalie fight. I remember that because there was a big to do in the parking lot after the game, which I remember more clearly, where everybody on all the buses had to get on the floor because some dude who was really upset about Buffalo got getting eliminated started firing a gun into the air. Mm. So it was fun. That was, I, that's the first game I remember. I think the next year I went to a Detroit Toronto game in Toronto. I want to say that was 94. Um, my first game in Detroit wasn't until January 2006 where I got to see Steve Yzerman play and I got to see Detroit blank the Blues 3 nothing.
1: Hmm. I actually have a hard time remembering mine. I distinctly yeah. remember a lot of preseason games. Um, I can't remember my first NHL game. It's kind of sad. I remember the first one I watched. I genuinely do. It Detroit versus the Hartford Whalers. And Brendan Shanahan scored against him. And I remember it being a big deal. And he was the first player I remember seeing score. And that's why he's my favorite as a kid. Uh,
0: who scored the first goal in Detroit that I was at? I want to say it was... I want to say it was Pavard Draper. I can't remember. They both scored that game, but I can't remember who put in the first one. Hmm. Hunter Saunders
1: says, Did Denny and the Czechs, which is really good. I'm sad that we didn't think about that, uh, are pretty excited to watch in Grand Rapids. Boy, howdy. For the rest of the season, I'm a Toledo Walleye and Grand Rapids Griffin fan first. That's all. Have a great one. Uh, I also missed his comment from last week. Um, he said, Hypothetically, if the Griffins probable playoff roster... Including Rasmussen, which I don't know if will happen. And in Chalosky, played a seven game series against Detroit. How many games
0: would it go? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, not, not four, I don't think. <laughs> I really think they might squeeze out a game. I think they actually could. Um, when Heronik was down there before he got recalled, I wasn't entirely positive that Grand Rapids' defense wasn't better than Detroit's. No. And I, and a lot of times I'll make facetious jokes like that, but in that one time I actually like had a thought, well, maybe I, Detroit's <laughs> offense would, would make the difference, obviously. It, yeah. it would be night and day, but I think the they could make... The defense was close. They, I think it would be four games, and I think they would make one of them interesting. And Rebar's been on a heater lately, so Grand Rapids is actually getting some goaltending right now, too. <laughs>
1: Rowan says I moved house so my weekend got zero stars out of ten. I am as grumpy as Brad. However, elite finisher Darren Helm goal. Yep, elite finisher Darren Helm goal. In front of the podcast, an elite guest Adam Lascaris also suggested that Captain Darren Helm has a nice ring to it. I'm pretty pro Larkin for getting the C, but perhaps he's onto something from a superhero perspective. Yeah, I'm, I rue the day that those two engaged on Twitter. Rue the day. <laughs> um over under on how many fake trades get legit- legitimately re yeeted into your timeline to the next week is seven point five. What are you guys taking? Over. Oh, over my Way goodness. Over. I've seen three today. I like I have gotten so good at spotting the fakes because they pop up so often. Yeah. I put I like glue my eyes to the blue check mark to make sure it's not like a blue circle in my peripherals. Yeah. Also, please give me a left field player who gets traded from any team. There's
0: always one. I think Hoffman that's not out of the blue, out of the blue anymore. Like someone you just completely wouldn't expect gets moved. One of the Nashville defensemen. I don't see that happening. I'm trying to think of someone just really, really out there that I could see, but like has a legitimate chance. James Neal. Hmm. Uh, jersey
1: time, best alt slash third jersey this year. The Kachina. It's not even a question.
0: It's the Kachina. I'm just trying to think if there's any Dark Horse contenders. The Ducks, if they picked Eggplant, could contend, but they didn't, and so it's the Kachina. Okay, my vote goes to Kachina, but I'm going to throw you one here that I don't think you're considering All enough. St. Right. Louis. Uh, They're retros that they've been wearing. Okay, those are nice.
1: Those are nice, and I'll give it to them, and they deserve recognition. But the Kachina. Yeah, no, my vote goes to Kachina, but St. Louis is right there. Alright, and uh, Stan Olsen says, Hey guys, hope all is well. With the trade deadline coming, I'm doing my usual day-in, day-out mental hypothetical trade scenarios. Here's one. Athanasius, Svechnikov, and maybe Jensen for Truba and a late-round pick. All these players at one point or another have been talked about being moved. Who says no? Detroit. Detroit, that's... I think that's uh, way too much. uh, Also rank the following countries solely on their food. Italy, China, Japan, Mexico, USA, and India. Oh, God. Uh, Sorry, what
0: are the food... Okay, give me the order. Italy...
1: China, Japan, Mexico, USA, India. Okay. Putting USA at the bottom.
0: Yep. Okay. For me, number one isn't a debate here. It's Mexico. Yeah. I real. oh man, I love Mexican food. I'm all in on Mexican like, food. Yeah. Mexico. I've, I've, I've had shitty knockoff Mexican food and I've had authentic Mayan Mexican food. Both are A plus on my lists. I'll put, I'll put Mexico. I have Italy right behind them. I'm going Japan number two. I'm good. Sushi, man, is hard to find. I'm going Japan number two. Uh, I'm gonna go Italy number three. I have China number three. What were the other one? What one am I missing? Uh, India, China, Japan, Mexico, Italy. U.S. I'm gonna go India number four, China number five, and U.S. number six because authentic Chinese food is disturbing. Kid, like North American knockoff Chinese food is nothing like authentic Chinese food, and unfortunately, I've had authentic Chinese food. It's not good. It's weird. Everything on my plate was moving. I can't ever do it again. I okay. So I have a tie one through five: Italy, China, Japan, Mexico, India. That's all.
1: If you need, if I need to do an order, I would go Mexico, Italy, China, India, Japan, USA.
0: Mexico and Japan are my clear cut one, two. China and the U.S. are my clear cut bottom two. Um, so I'm going to New York in March, and
1: we're going to Momofuku and we're doing their tasting menu, and I can't.
0: Okay, hold on. I have to throw in a qualifier here. Yeah. American food. Does Texas barbecue count as American food? Yeah, of course it does. That bumps it up above China for me then. Oh, you really don't like Chinese food. Eh? No, I, I've, authentic Chinese food is garbage. It was one of the worst meals I've ever had in my life. Rats of- <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly disagree. It was, it was terrible. It wasn't flavorful. Everything was moving. It was, even if there is, even if it, authentic Chinese food is legitimately good, I can never eat it again. I'm scarred.
1: All right, we uh, Brad has to go, but we I want to get one Reddit comment in. Uh, in the top comment, of course, from OSBP, he says, serious question. Each of the last two Sunday episodes, dumbass Brad has said Quenville took over a team full of rookies with the Hawks.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got
1: your note. Shut each up. time I've called his P brain out on Twitter and each time he ignored me. The Hawks made the playoffs the year before he took over. Denise Savard was the coach. And then the year, uh, Dennis Savard, then the year he took over, the team made it to the conference finals, you imbecile.
0: I'm, I was off by one year.
1: Sue me. So why is it that Brad doesn't take well to being corrected by a Twitter handle named Pucks and dicks (laughs) brad has such a low self-esteem he can't admit how he's becoming podcast milbury
0: legitimate question i've only seen one of your tweets have you been tagging me directly or have you been tagging the podcast account uh i let you know when he tweets at you okay yeah because i've I've seen it once he just
1: babbles about shit regardless if he knows about or not, and sounds dumb and dumber. The guy was right about one draft pick one time in four years, and he still rests his hat on that. Frick Which off, one was Br- I frick off, Brad Ryan Brigade for life. I love this comment. Best comment to end the show on. Thank you for listening to this week's or this Sunday's episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. We will be back on Thursday with our trade deadline primer, uh, featuring uh, guest Max Boltman of the Athletic Detroit. Head over to Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. Follow us. Go to our bio. Follow our individual accounts. It is huge for us. Um, Leave us a rating however you get your podcast, Subscribe. We love you.
0: We'll talk to you Thursday. I literally have no idea what draft pick he's talking about.